0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me. Tell you what, we're going to resume our examination of the book of John. We're in the fifth chapter right now. And so uh, I know that most of us, as we're gathering this time right now, we're sort of listening. You're either getting ready for the day, or you're winding down for the day, or you're driving somewhere. So it's not good, and nor is it easy to reach out and grab a Bible. <laughs> so that's the reason that I encourage you to, um, you know, sometime during the day, just pick up the Scripture uh, on your phone. I read most of my Scripture on my phone now, uh, and I listen to it. I listen to the Word all lot. There's just so many apps that you can do that through. So anyway, we're in the book of uh, John, the fifth chapter. And so we've seen some interesting things up at this point in time, particularly the fourth chapter. We spent a lot of time there. And it's sort of important because the very first words of John chapter 5 are this, after these things. Well, after what things? Well, of the things that we've seen so far, particularly chapter 4, where Jesus had the encounter with the Samaritan woman, uh, the encounter at the well, and he had an encounter with a royal nobleman healed his son from a distance. Remember that? So after these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, you'll see the feast of the Jews all through Scripture. The Lord gave Israel seven different feasts, okay, seven feasts that they were to celebrate during the year. And they're basically in groups of three. There's a spring feast, which consists of four uh, feasts of groups of two. And so you have uh, Passover, you have unleavened bread, and you have first fruits. And those all occur within about an eight or ten day period of time and then uh 40 days after the waving of the uh feast of first fruits the waving of the sheath you have pentecost and so those are two major feasts okay the uh, the spring feast and they call the feast of unleavened bread or passover and then pentecost those four feasts jesus fulfilled when he came the first time and then you have the fall feast okay the fall feast and so there's three feasts in the fall feast you know, the blowing the trumpets or the new year, and then um, uh, the feast of uh, Day of Atonement, and then the feast of Sukkoth, of booths. And Jesus has yet to fulfill those feasts, but he will fulfill those feasts when he comes the second time. And so, as we're reading through John, we do well just to pay attention to the feast. Uh, This right here, it just simply says there was a feast, okay? It doesn't tell us which one. Uh, Several other times it'll say it's the Feast of Passover, so we'll know which one it is. But just here it just says it's a feast. And so Jesus goes to Jerusalem because Hebrew men were required to go to these three feasts, the three big feasts. So verse 2 says this. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five uh, porticos or five porches, five colonnades verse three In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame and withered now let me stop here for a moment to show you something that you're going to encounter in the scripture in uh, modern day translations in English translations. a lot of times people are not even aware of it. Okay, but And when you point it out, it's just like, oh, shock, blasphemy. Well, no, not necessarily. Remember, the uh, chapter divisions, the verse division, all that kind of stuff is man-made and man-created. And we thank the Lord for that because it helps us find things quickly. But you're going to encounter things like what we see right here. I'm reading from the New American Standard, which is what I'm usually reading in our times together. But as I'm doing this, I have on the screen right here in front of me, King James Version a New American Standard, and an English Standard Version, which is a great translation, right next to it. having like in a column, three columns. And I can put as many as I can put on the screen right here. I mean, it's just amazing what you can do nowadays with uh, uh, computers, right? But you'll run into this. The English Standard Version on verse 3 says this, In this lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And then it stops. The last half of verse 3 that you have in the King James New American Standard all of verse 4 does not appear in the ESV. So if somebody has an ESV Bible and you tell them, turn to John 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 4, it won't be there. There will be no verse 4. And there's actually several places in Scripture, the NIV does this a lot, where the verse just isn't there. And people say, well, you mean they took a verse out of the Bible? Well, what usually happens is they'll put it down in a footnote. And then they'll put a word of explanation. Now, the way the New American Standard handles this, they'll put it in brackets. They'll put whatever the passage is in a bracket. And then down in the footnote, it'll say that some of the more reliable uh, documents that we have, like in the Greek, because we don't have the original extant copies. Remember this. We don't have the originals of anything. And and God did that on purpose. If he'd wanted us to have the originals, he'd given us originals. People say, I wonder why he didn't. People would have worshipped those originals. Don't you know they would have? They'd have built gigantic mausoleums on top of those things, and uh, gigantic cathedrals on top of those things, those documents, okay? So we don't have those. And so we have what the Lord has given us, and it's more than enough. And so in the American Standard, we'll put that in uh, like brackets, and down at the bottom it will say many of the uh, most reliable copies that we have do not have this particular portion of the Scripture. Well, that's fine. It's frustrating sometimes because what they don't say is that a lot of them do. <laughs> you know, In other words, yeah, you may have 20 documents that don't have this right here in it, but then you'll have 2,000 that do. And I'll tell you what, there's some um, reasons for that and there's some things behind that which are not necessarily good. I think there's actually some chicanery of the evil one behind that. I'm going to get into it right now. I talk about it every now and then these times together. So. You'll just have to listen for the little subtle things. But that's the reason that I use the King James right next to the New American Standard. So here's what happens. I'm going to read verse 3 again with you understanding that if you're reading from NIV, you may not have verse 4. Okay, If you're reading from something else, you may not have this or that, whatever it may be. So uh, let me get over again. Verse 3. In these lay a multitude of those who are sick, blind, lame, and withered. Now this begins the bracketed part waiting for the moving of the waters for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first after stirring up the water stepped in, was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. Now, see, this is really interesting we're not gonna be able to finish this story. I'm just sort of laying the groundwork for it. This is interesting because that, what I just read is the part that is excised out of the uh, English Standard Version. I'm not sure about the NIV, I think it is, but whatever. Uh, it's not there. And you think, well, wait a minute. How, how can this story make any sense? Well, when we see the account, we're going to see that the man says, hey, I have no one to put me in the water when the pool is stirred up. So he acknowledges that the water stirred up. But what has happened is that the more modern versions – come along and said, well, some of the trans, some of the things we have, don't have this exact thing right here, so we're going to leave it out, and it really sort of shows their bias against anything that's sort of like uh, supernatural, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, because what we have right here is that you have a group of people that are sick, they're blind, they're lame, they're withered, and there's a multitude of them, and they're around these five porches, and they're around this pool, and they're waiting for the waters to move. Well, it's not like we've got pumps today that make the waters move. It's an angel of the Lord that causes these waters to move, and it only happens at certain times. They don't know when it's going to be. And when this when the water starts stirring, whoever the first person is that can get in there is healed from whatever his disease is, whatever the affliction is. Can you imagine the anticipation? Can you imagine the frustration, particularly if you're lamed or if you're withered and you can't get there as quickly as somebody else with something? Now, this is really important because this sets up what is going to happen with a particular encounter, and this encounter carries on to the balance of the Gospel of John. This encounter lays the foundation for what will ultimately be the execution of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, as always, we're going to sort of take our time through this and reason through it and see what the scripture says. Again, I'm Dale. I thank y'all so much for joining with me. Uh, do pass the word about these times together. That's how we grow, it's just word of mouth. And uh, do, if the Lord lays it upon your heart to support us, just go to my website uh, or go to the Patreon site um, and you'll see how to do that kind of thing, okay? Again, thank you so much. I'll see you again next time.